This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. So five wins halfway through the regular season sounds good. In fact, it sounds great, but it's the lasting image of the Arizona Cardinals that is what's on everyone's minds a game that got away from them and what could have been a six and two first half start here in 2020 as we say good morning the Cardinals Red Sea Report every Tuesday 11 to noon here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network and yes 34 31 the Cardinals fall a field goal short of a game against the Miami Dolphins at State Farm Stadium on Sunday and uh, we'll be trained a lot to discuss but uh, I mean I'm I'm open to going for the next hour talking about Notre Dame's win over number one Clemson if you just want to completely change this entire show and talk positive I mean hey I'm all about talking about my alma mater big win Saturday and uh, you know it sets them up uh, really well for the playoffs but uh, you know we got bigger fish to fry you know we got to talk about these Cardinals and uh, and this, this matchup with the Dolphins, uh, two young quarterbacks, two of the better young quarterbacks that you'll see in the NFL. And, and based off of the play and what we saw Sunday, the future is awfully bright for the quarterback position in the NFL. A very exciting matchup, and it's unfortunate we've got to wait four years to see these two teams on the same field again. But B-Train, for you, what's going to stand out the most as far as why the Cardinals could not come away with the win? Missed opportunities. We, we had opportunities to win this game, and unfortunately we just could not contain uh, Tua Tungvaluwa. He was able to, uh, to scramble and extend plays and, and do some things that he hadn't really shown on, on film because he had only played uh, one game prior, and uh, he didn't do much in that game. So uh, there wasn't a lot of, of, of known about Tua, and uh, you saw why he was a top pick in last year's draft because he came out and, he did what he needed to do to get his team ultimately the win. Cardinals answered every one of the Dolphins' scores, MJ, except the last one in which they turned it over on downs, and then Jason Sanders kicked a 50-yard field goal, and that ultimately became the game winner. And it's unfortunate, yet here we are. The Cardinals had a three-game winning streak snapped at home. That's now two losses here at home. Yeah, I agree with B-Train. Just missed opportunities. They squandered a, an opportunity to get to 6-2, and two, but it is the NFL. There's no uh, you know easy week, um, and I think we're going to see that in the second half of the season. It's just when you go back and look at the game, and based on what Cliff Kingsbury has been very aggressive, I, I think if you look at the identity of this team, they play fast, they're physical, and they're aggressive. And we didn't see the aggressiveness when the Cardinals had an opportunity. Now, I still want to go back to that – you know, that third and one from the Miami 31-yard line, you know, you look at Christian Kirk, you know, if you go back to week one last year, he caught a two-point conversion on a similar play. 
Uh, Larry Fitzgerald had a touchdown, then Kirk had the two-point conversion. Unfortunately, you know, Kyler Murray couldn't make the throw. I'm sure he was feeling some pressure. And then obviously Zane Gonzalez missing the 49-yarder. So missed opportunities on those two plays where maybe we're having a different conversation right now. And a lot of people having a conversation about why the decision to kick the field goal there as opposed to going for it as the Cardinals had done several times previous in that ball game. Before we give our thoughts, here is the head coach on that very decision. I felt good about kicking there. Hindsight's twenty twenty, no question. And if I would have known that we wouldn't have made it, I would have went for it. And that's about how it goes every week. But um, we trust Zane. He's been great for us and just didn't work out this time. Cardinals B-Train are 8 of 10 going forward on fourth down. And they had been 2 of 3 before that decision. Chase Edmonds was stopped for no gain earlier in the quarter. Yet I certainly expected the decision to go for it there and I think a lot of the fans and I think some of the players did as well based off the reactions during and then after the ball game. You always want to be aggressive but you want to be smart and I think going for it in times past I, I think it, it made a lot of sense to go ahead and try to field goal at that point. Uh, you wanted to tie the game because you felt like had you gone overtime you really had a, a great advantage because you're playing at home even though you don't have a huge crowd you still had momentum on your side and, uh, you know, the, the, the field goal came up just short. I mean, it wasn't as if it was wide right or wide left. It was right on target, but uh, it just came up just a bit short. And so I didn't really have as big of a problem with that decision as, as some would. But, uh, you know, it, it didn't work out, and, and you just have to uh, learn the lessons and, and come back at it again uh, this upcoming week because one thing's for sure, nobody's going to feel sorry for you and – you're only a game out from having the best record in the entire conference. So it's not as if all hope is lost. They, they are still in the thick of it, and they've got a lot of football left to play to determine if they're going to play extra football. Kingsbury called it a miss hit, and really, MJ, didn't sound all that great either coming off the foot of Zane Gonzalez. But your thoughts on that decision right there in the immediacy, and then obviously, as Kingsbury said, hindsight being twenty twenty, obviously you go for it if you know you're going to miss the field goal. Well, I mean – Again, if Zane, if Zane makes that field goal, we're having a different conversation. I mean, obviously, there's still a minute 53. Um, we know that their kicker is obviously very effective, kicking 50-plus. But I thought it would put him in position. But, again, um, to me, it's hindsight. Um, he, he Obviously, they, they have more analytics uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff than we do. And so you, you just hope that Zane, and now you look at, you know, his, uh, you know, since he's been with the Cardinals, um, 10 for 16 between 40 and 49 yards. And, and I know they're not chip shots, and, and B-Train pointed out it wasn't wide, wide left or right. It was just short. And I'd have to go back, you know, with, with the, the long snapper and brewer and the hold. I don't think that was an issue. Otherwise, I think somebody would have pointed that out. Um, but, again, that's unfortunate. And Zane's going to be in some pressure kicks in the second half of the season, and hopefully they're on the other end of the stick. This season, Gonzalez, 5 of 8 on kicks between 40 and 49 yards. There was a lot of frustration after the ball game. You could see it. You could hear it on the face of Kyler Murray. He certainly sounded like he wanted to be on the field as opposed to watching that kick fall short. Murray after the ball game. How do you process this, and how do you move forward from here? Uh, hold on. Um, yeah. It's got to be better. 
very uncomfortable listening to that B-Train, watching it as well. I know there are two sides as far as, well, you're the face of the franchise, you're the quarterback, you should be able to answer those questions immediately after the ball game. I'm going to take a different take. He's very young. He's in his second year, and sometimes maybe if you don't really have anything good to say, maybe you swallow your tongue and so you don't avoid saying something you regret later. And I think that's a sign of maturity. I think he could have gone off. He could have said some things that he would have regretted. But I thought that showed tremendous maturity. And, and yes, you would love to have the face of your franchise have every single answer every single time. But he's a human being. And I know in those situations, I may not have had a lot to say. And when you put so much effort into a game every single week to come up short just that much, uh, it's frustrating. And they know they left a lot of points on that field this past Sunday, and and they should feel the way that they do. But the great thing about it is you have another week to go out and and correct those mistakes and get better. So I don't want my guy to to be so polished every single time. I want him to to feel the pain of of losing. I want it to hurt a little bit because you don't want to ever get used to losing. You don't ever want that to be a feeling that you are comfortable with and you can just go up there and and answer every question like nothing just happened. So – um, a little emotion is not a bad thing. Uh, I think uh, the way that he was able to, to control his emotions and, and not fly off when he really could have, I, again, that, that's what I want to see from a, a guy that's mature and also a guy that understands everything that he says and does will be scrutinized. You know, the NFL has a rule, a cooling off period, whether it's 10 or 15 minutes, but, you know, you can see seems like that they were having conversations in that locker room and then he's got to go out there and meet the media and he didn't want to say anything and you know that that's that's because they care and they wanted to win that game like they do every week and and they felt like it it slipped away so there was some conversations in that locker room before he came out and talked to the media the ball was taken out of his hands and i think that's what upset him the most that's just how i read things and how i saw things immediately on sunday let's flip it though as far as the defense as i mentioned they were never able to stop the dolphins after the cardinals were able to score and certainly something that we saw in the Seattle Seahawks game, B-Train, as far as what flipped from the first half to the second half was that the Seahawks were in a lot more third-down situations in the second half of the ball game. And Vance Joseph said, yeah, you can able, you're able to do a lot more when you went on first and second downs to get into third down. And it just didn't seem, considering the Dolphins only had eight third downs, they converted half of those on Sunday. Again, when you look at this game, it's not like the Seahawks who you see twice a year every single year. You know that personnel pretty much backwards and forwards. You know what they're going to do. You know what their tendencies are. And you feel good about your game plan for the most part going into that game. With the Miami Dolphins, it was almost a complete unknown. You didn't know much about Tua. He hadn't played very much. This isn't a, a, an opponent that you see every year. As you said at the beginning of the show, you see this team once every four years. So you're not going to know uh, how to necessarily approach this team. And then when you talk about a, a quarterback that's a rookie and left-handed, uh, he, he pretty much goes against every single thing that you've been accustomed to. So th- there was going to be that adjustment period. And, and uh, you just tip your hat to Tua and, and, and the Miami Dolphins. They made the plays. Uh, they made enough to win the game. And, and so uh, you win some, you lose some, but you shake their hand and it's all said and done. And you just try to go back and be better the next time. And it wasn't a surprise. I mean, they, they targeted Kevin Peterson. Unfortunately, he suffered a concussion. They were going at him. 
Um, obviously, you know, two was a guy that, uh, you know, I was concerned with the bootlegs, the waggle plays, and he was able to get to the edge. And, you know, I think he throws a really tight spiral on, on those slant passes. But, you know, the Cardinals secondary, they, they were hampered, no excuse, next man up. But clearly, you know, luckily Jalen Thompson returned and, and Buda Baker was out there. And, you know, I thought we'd see maybe De- Deontay Thompson a little bit more. But Isaiah Simmons got more playing time. So it wasn't ideal, and hopefully they get healthy because they need that secondary to create that um, coverage where the front seven can get to the quarterback. Dolphins had nine possessions. The defense forced three punts and two 50-plus yard field goals, but it was the stops late in the game that the defense was unable to get. Here's linebacker Jordan Hicks. We practice all these calls throughout the week. We know what, what we have. It's honestly, to me, it's it's focus. It's and, and, and here's the thing. It, it's, it's everybody. It's not just one person. It's not just two people. You know, at some point there was everybody saying my bad and and when you have too many my bads from uh that many different people it's going to look the way it did we've heard that before we heard it a year ago we heard it the year prior to that and i think a lot of that mj is maybe it's one game because of the different shuffling in and out no byron murphy no devon Kennard, drake or patrick out injured it's not an excuse that's just the way it is so the guys that are on the field have to perform we hear Buda Baker talk about it the standard is the standard whoever starts they're the starter yeah and Buda also uh, spoke to the media earlier and one of the things he said is you know we got to get the communication down I mean because there were guys running wide open and that's what we were able to see last year again uh, when the Cardinals were on that three-game winning streak they were playing complimentary football we just didn't see that on Sunday Cardinals fall 34 to 31 certainly a very disappointing contest on Sunday at State Farm Stadium at the same time we go back it's five and three here at the first half of the season and Betray and this team still controls its own destiny they are the only team in the NFC West that can say they are two and oh within the division and that's what you want that's where you want to be in and you're positioning yourself for that run here late in November and December. This is where you start to really stack those wins and you, you find yourself uh, lamenting over games like this later on because when you start to see the, the final tally and, and you start to see the final record and then these tiebreakers and all these other things start to come in, you say to yourself, man, if we'd have got that game against Miami at home, that, that could definitely change our fortune here in the postseason. Maybe we're hosting a playoff game as opposed to having to go on the road, but uh, this team still is in the driver's seat. Everything is still in front of them as far as what they want to accomplish. So, yes, this was a setback. Yes, it was disappointing. But you still can go out there and accomplish everything that you set out to do in 2020. And, you know, over the last you know last week and the last couple of weeks for the Seahawks, I mean, when the NFC West is considered the best division in football, but now we're going to get into division play. You know, obviously after the Cardinals play the Bills, in a short week they got to go to Seattle on Thursday night football. So curious to see, you know, how would jockeying for position, but the Cardinals, you know, if they can win five more in the second half, uh, obviously win some division games, conference games, they could be in the conversation for the NFC West. Bird Gang updates the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue here on this Tuesday, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry on the other side. The offense, specifically Christian Kirk, who has really stepped up his game over the last several games. We'll talk about that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
Third and seven for the Cardinals on their 44. Snap to Kyler Murray, drops back to throw. Steps up, throws a deep ball, middle of the field. He's got Kirk. The ball's on the money. It's a touchdown. What a strike. Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk. And the Cardinals with a chance to tie the game. Boy, it doesn't get much better than that right there. Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk lined up to the right of Kyler Murray and ran the post. The safety bit in the middle of the field, squatted there, I say. And here comes Christian Kirk over the top for a touchdown. That was an absolutely perfect throw by Kyler Murray. One of three touchdowns thrown by Kyler Murray as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry looking back at Sunday's contest at the, or against, I should say, the Miami Dolphins, 34-31, the final Cardinals on the wrong end of that result. Christian Kirk, however, MJ, that touchdown, his sixth of the season, or as many as he had in his first two seasons combined, he has really improved his play. Oh, there's no doubt. And what a beautiful throw and a beautiful catch. Uh, Obviously, Kyler Murray and uh, Christian Kirk. You know, you look at Kirk's uh, career, he's got five touchdowns of 50-plus yards. And again, too small, too slow. But he gets a, you know, he gives his team an option. We know that Hopkins is more of a possession guy. He leads the team in first downs. Larry's kind of a chains guy where he, you'll know, find a crease and they're throwing the ball to him more. But I just think when Christian Kirk's out there, there's more balance in the offense. He's become a deep ball threat, B train, and not only is a beautifully thrown ball, but the way Kirk catches the football, as far as making sure he waits until the last moment to put his hands out front to make sure that he stays upright so you can catch it in stride and then take it to the house. It was reminiscent of the of the reception in Dallas where he, he just ran up under the ball. It was perfectly thrown once again by Kyler Murray, and he's able to just run underneath and, and catch it and, and, and make his way to the end zone. And when you have a deep threat like that, it makes everything else on the offense that much easier because you have to commit certain parts of your secondary to that deep threat that is a Christian Kirk. So it's important that he's on the field. And uh, there were times during his career with injuries where he just was not able to be out there. But we're starting to see him come into his own, get that confidence, and really take advantage of what defenses are, are, are putting out there to try to stop him. And he's just out there making plays. And he and Kyler have a, a great working relationship right now. And, and I think Kyler, with all of his receivers, have that synergy. And, and he's the one that is the big play guy that's going to, uh, take the top off he and Andy Isabella when he gets his opportunities. And so uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, he's healthy, and, and, and when he's healthy, he's definitely making contributions to this offense. You know, Hopkins has 60 catches, Fitz 33, Chase Edmonds 29, Christian Kirk obviously missed a few games, 23 catches, 400 yards, averaged in 17.4 per catch. Now, obviously, when you get those deep balls, but six touchdowns. Yeah, that's the most on the team. It's three more than DeAndre Hopkins has at this point here through week nine. Yet it came in a loss, and certainly it's a little bit harder and maybe impossible to take onus and appreciate that after a ball game. Here's Christian Kirk on losing to the Dolphins and how they're not overcoming their own mistakes. It's heartbreaking for sure. You never want to obviously lose a game uh, like that, you know, was in our hands and uh, was in our reach to, to to walk home with, and you know Miami was a great team uh, defensively, you know. But it's just it's a it's a tough pill to swallow when you know that um, you know we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times and just didn't make the plays when when they were needed to walk away with the win. 
mentioned Hopkins beat Tran, and not only was only targeted three times on Sunday, although there were four targets that resulted in pass interference penalties, three that were accepted. How much do you think Kirk's success, especially since coming back from that injury, who missed week three, how much of that is because teams are keen on a Hopkins or a Larry Fitzgerald? Oh, I think it has a direct correlation. And I think that's the beauty of having a DeAndre Hopkins and a Larry Fitzgerald because it allows the other guys to really blossom and get that one-on-one coverage. And if you make a mistake, it's not only going to be a first down, we're ultimately going to talk about touchdowns. And I think the the healthier this team can be and, and the more that they can have all of these weapons on the field at the same time, the more dangerous this offense is because obviously when you have – the dual threat of, of a Kyler Murray, that presents his own problems. But when you have capable pass catchers on the outside and, and pick your poison, who, who are you going to rotate the coverage to? Are you going to rotate it towards DeAndre? Okay, that's going to free up uh, a Christian Kirk and a Larry Fitzgerald. Are you going to do it towards Larry? Okay, that's going to free up DeAndre Hopkins and a Christian Kirk. So th- there's so many different ways that this offense can attack you. I, I, I love the fact that these these players are, are playing at a very high level, and it's only going to get better. They still have yet to have that game where everybody's just humming at the same level at 100%. And, and when they have that game, watch out because the scoreboard is going to light up even brighter than what it already has. You know, I noticed uh, with Max Williams back, and obviously he had a touchdown, which is nice, and then Darrell Daniels gave him a ton of credit because that was a great throw, but he had to really fight for the ball, and he was able to stay in bounds. So they got two touchdowns from their tight ends and Max I thought they you know he's a meat and potatoes guy but even Dan Arnold's made a few catches in the last couple of games so you know when the way the tight ends look at it hey when our numbers called they're going to catch the ball but obviously you know you got to look at the blocking standpoint from Max Williams but um, I I definitely think you know we're going to see more 11 and 12 personnel and uh, as B-Train pointed out you know you got to you got to be worried about Murray because he can take off and run um, but I do think uh, the tight ends will be more involved in the offense. Again, there's only one ball to go around, though. Well, with Williams, that's the one aspect of his game that separates him from a Dan Arnold or a Darrell Daniels, and that's his ability to block. And the Cardinals on Sunday finished with 178 rushing yards, which was their second best total of the season. Two of the three highest totals this year have come with Max Williams on the field. He's only played two games. So, yeah, they like to be able to run the football, especially when Williams is on the field. Yeah, and, you know, Kyler Murray had a lot of those yards. That's true. We'll get into (laughs) Kyler Murray here in a moment because he continues to rewrite not only the franchise record books but the NFL record books as well. All of this good news with respect to the offense, scoring 30-plus points for a fourth straight game. Still not enough as the Cardinals fall short to the Dolphins 34-31. Here's more from Christian Kirk. We all know how talented and how good we can be, and, you know, it's just – it's tough and it's frustrating when we don't do it, and it's just one of those things where we gotta we gotta check ourselves once again. You know, similar to, to, to Carolina, you know, we we went back and we checked ourselves, and you know, we came out and, and and played really good football for the next three games. And so, I think this is another one of those where we can really look ourselves in the mirror and and decide, you know, where we want to go with this thing. Let's hope that's the case. Cardinals, as Kirk mentioned, after that loss to the Panthers on October fourth, they went to. New York beat the Jets, went to Dallas, beat the Cowboys, and then 
defeated the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night football, so perhaps a reset is necessary. Although it is the frustrating part about this team, B-Train, because every time you think that they can take that next step and they had the opportunity on Sunday because of the Seahawks' loss earlier in the day, you win that contest, you're first place in the NFC West, and it's an opportunity that slips by. Now we'll have to wait and see how the rest of the season plays out. Yet I think people, and I think the team does as well, sees where this 2020 Arizona Cardinals team has the potential of being without question and and this team can go as far as it really wants to go and it's just a matter of everybody making it up in their mind that they're going to do their job they're going to contribute when their number's called and if they do that this team has a chance to do something special nobody saw this team being this uh, this successful this early and and yeah they had the weapons and, and when we got the DeAndre Hopkins trade it was great but to think that they would have had the number one seed in the NFC in week eight, I don't think anybody saw it being that good that fast. And the fact that they had a chance to do that and came up short, yeah, you're disappointed. But the fact that they had the chance, now you have totally different expectations going into the second half of the season, whereas now it's not just about being competitive and, and trying to win a few games now. We want to go out and potentially win every single game because we know that from a competition standpoint, we can hang with anybody in the league. And, yes, the Miami Dolphins wasn't considered one of the top teams, but they should be. And you, you have to let the season play out because there's always going to be those surprises, uh, especially those teams that, that kind of come out of nowhere that, that surprise people. And, and Miami is definitely one of them. And, again, tip your hat to them. But to have a three-point loss, to a team like that, I think that's going to, to, to prove to be a, a, a tough one and, and one that they wish they had, but one that they look at and say, okay, yeah, we lost, but we did lose to a good football team. Well, and they made the mistakes. It was the one turnover in the ball game. Kyler Murray fumbling and Shaq Lawson taking it to the house. And five minutes into that contest, the Cardinals trailed 7 to nothing. In the last two weeks, the Cardinals have had to come from behind They were able to do it against the Seahawks, unable to do it against the Dolphins. Eliminate those turnovers and certainly put yourself in better position to come away with a victory. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, The Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. On the other side, no, we have not forgotten Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. It's impressive. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. First and 10 on the 12. Bunch set to Murray's right. Hopkins split left. Edmonds in the backfield with Kyler. Now in motion right to left is Kirk. Snap to Murray. He's going to keep it running left. He's at the 10. Murray cuts right to the 5. And Kyler Murray has a touchdown. His fourth of the day. First on the ground. What a show by Kyler Murray here. At State Farm Stadium, Arizona has the lead 30-24. to And that is zone read all the way with Max Williams leading up through. What a great block by Christian Kirk and Max Williams. That's the reason why Kyler Murray walked in, baby. 
Kyler Murray accounted for almost 400 yards of offense, 389 to be specific, and four total touchdowns, three passing and one rushing, which you heard right there, DePash and Ron Wolfley, the 12-yard touchdown run as the Cardinals at that point took a 31-24 lead over the Dolphins. Unfortunately, they came up short, falling 34-31 as we continue here. Second half of the Cardinals' Red Sea Report, Craig Rialoup. Bertram Berry and Mike Jarecki looking at what Kyler Murray was able to do on Sunday B-Train. Not exactly sure what more he could have done. Yes, you always strive for perfection, but he was darn close to that on Sunday. Yes, he was, and he did everything that he could to help this team win, and uh, this is when you realize it is a complete team sport. It takes all 53 and the the 46 that are actually dressing to to go out and, and make it happen, but uh, looking at the quarterback position and, and what Kyler was able to accomplish, yes, he, he had some, some throws maybe he'd like to have back and maybe a run or two he'd maybe like to have back. Certainly he'd like to have that fumble back, but you can't fault him and say he was a huge reason why we lost because uh, he did just about everything that you want from your starting quarterback. He got the ball into the end zone four separate occasions. He was, had a career high rushing uh, as, as far as rush yards. Uh, and scored the touchdown on the ground. So, uh, I mean, what else can you say? You you just hope that uh, everybody can come up and 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 support him and and make sure that they eliminate those mistakes and and collectively as a team uh, try to go out and do better than what they did this past Sunday. You bring up his rushing totals, 106 yards on the ground on 11 carries. In fact, he's been nominated for the FedEx Ground Player of the Week. Go to NFL.com slash FedEx to vote. For Kyler Murray, though, MJ, 21 of 26, 283 yards passing, 106 yards rushing. The first career double-triple for Kyler Murray, when which you reach triple digits in two different yardage categories. I'm sure, I don't know, maybe there are more of those in his future considering how many times, not how many times he's running, but when he does run, how many yards he's gained. Well, last year he had 544 yards. He's got 543. Uh, 43. 43. So, and in, in obviously he's, he's getting more touches than he did a year ago. But what's impressive, though, over the last couple of games, Three touchdown passes, three touchdown passes, two, and he's really only, in the last five games, he's only thrown two interceptions. He's taking care of the football with the exception of that lost fumble in the first quarter on the opening possession. But Throw it, it away. Historically, first player to have both a rushing and passing touchdown seven times in the first eight games of a season. First player in the Super Bowl era with at least eight rushing touchdowns through the first eight games of a season. And over 500 rushing yards, the fourth quarterback to rush for 500 or more yards in each of his first two seasons. Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, and Josh Allen, the other three. Certainly, this is why B. Tran, the Cardinals, went out and drafted a quarterback with the number one overall pick when they already had a quarterback on their roster. It was very clear that Kyler was going to be very special. It was very clear that Coach Kingsbury, when he was hired, sought out Kyler Murray to be the guy to lead his offense. He had a plan and he knew who could perfectly lead this plan of his. And, and thus far, you've seen all of this come to fruition. And, and it's hard to argue because looking at Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray could be top 10 running back right now with his numbers. And the fact that he is a quarterback and he's throwing the ball the way that he's throwing it down the field and getting it to the weapons and running the ball efficiently and effectively it's it's 
we're starting to see what the future of the quarterback position is going to look like. You throw in him and all the other quarterbacks that you mentioned. Of course, two of that was on the other side of the of State Farm Stadium field last last Sunday. This is what we're starting to see as as the prototype quarterback, and and you're starting to see those those big tall guys that stand in the pocket. They're they're starting to fall by the wayside, and now you're looking at mobile quarterbacks that can not only get the ball down the field, but can use their legs to help their team. Yeah, I would agree. The NFL, maybe more in the AFC because we got some older quarterbacks in the NFC, but Joe Burrow, I mean, these guys, they're not only able to sit in the pocket, but they can run. Uh, they're able to, you know, extend plays. You know, Craig, you go back to the combine, Kyler Murray was too short. Yep. Because then all of a sudden everything changed when those, uh, what was it, 5'10 and 1'8"? was what uh, was announced, and then, as we know what happened, the uh, Cardinals went out and drafted him number one overall. Certainly it's been impressive through 24 games watching Kyler Murray, yet all he is concerned about is winning, and that did not happen on Sunday. Here is the Cardinals quarterback. I wasn't really worried about uh, first place in the division. I don't think anybody should be worried about that. Um, you know, we, uh, we came out here and laid an egg. Um, uh, I don't know, but it's... Uh, we got to be better. Again, he did all he could do. He had nine different receivers catch a pass, and at one point he completed eight straight pass attempts. 389 yards of, of the Cardinals' 442 total that they put up on Sunday. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury on his quarterback. He's a competitor. He wants to win first and foremost, and you know, he was frustrated just like all of us were. Um, I thought he played his heart out. You know, he was diving for first downs, going head first, taking shots, doing all those things that, that you want that leader to do. And we'll be better for it moving forward. So I'm lower shoulder B train and take a defender head on, which I think kind of gave pause to uh, the head coach as far as what was going to happen next. But I think you like to see that because you can earn a lot of respect of your teammates when you go out there and put your body on the line. Total respect for your teammates when your quarterback has the same mentality as the defense and is not afraid to do whatever it takes to win a game. And that's the sign of a true leader. And Kyler has definitely won this locker room over even before that. But the fact that he was willing to go out there and put it all out there to win that game, it shows that they love him. They want to do everything that they can to help Kyler and this offense and this whole team win and you know, you score 31 points, you, you have to be able to get that home. And, and it, was, it was disappointing that they weren't able to do it. But sometimes it, it requires you to go above and beyond. And, and unfortunately, they just there was too many opportunities and too many yards, too many points left on the field Saturday afternoon um, or Sunday afternoon, I'm sorry, for, for them to, to get that done. So you, you just have to go back to the drawing board, find out ways to be even better, and, and hopefully – Next week, uh, when a good Buffalo team comes in here, they'll, they'll be ready to, to go out and, 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 and play a complete football game for 60 minutes. Yeah, and, and we'll find out more throughout the course of the week because it sounds like Kenyon Drake, I guess we'll wait for the injury report, but that will really help because I, I was looking forward to Chase getting his opportunities. Um, you know, obviously Drake's more of a, a downhill runner. Uh, you know, I think Chase is really effective in the open field. Uh, he can catch the ball the backfield. But I think when you get Drake back, all of a sudden now you got a really good one, two, three combo, and they all do something a little bit different. 
Murray leads the team in rushing. In fact, he leads the league as far as yards per carry at 7.1 and his 543 rushing yards, eighth best, not just among quarterbacks, but among all ball carriers. His teammates, their fans as well. Here's Jordan Hicks. You see him make amazing plays all the time, so it shouldn't surprise you, but when you see him do it over and over again, for some reason, you know, it's... It is surprising, and you watch him hold the ball out here and, and mix guys, and you know constantly it's over and over and over again throughout the year, and it's big time guys. It's not it's not guys who are you know this is their first game starting. It's guys who have who have been out there played a lot of football in this league. So special guy, you know, and and it's fun to watch. Hard to defend, and the Cardinals don't have to worry about that. The one aspect of Murray's game, B-Tran, that I, does not get talked a lot about, though, is the number of sacks he's had this season. Only 10, which is second fewest, and he's only lost 57 yards on those 10 sacks, which is number two in the NFL. So he's making smarter decisions here in his second year. Again, just 24 games under his belt. Number 25 comes next week, Sunday. Once again, another home game and another opportunity to play an AFC East opponent. In fact, the number one team in that division, the Buffalo Bills. We'll get B-Train's thoughts on another mobile quarterback. Maybe not as mobile, but Josh Allen, certainly very, very good. We'll continue the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rayolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry all right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Josh looks to throw it again. Loads up, fires downfield, got a man open, caught, touchdown! Isaiah McKenzie, touchdown Buffalo. Makes the handoff, Josh going to throw it, looks into the end zone, got a man open down in the back of the end zone, and is caught, touchdown, touchdown Buffalo! Tyler Croft, open for the touchdown. Josh Allen looks to throw, fires in the end zone, caught, touchdown Gabriel Davis, touchdown Buffalo. They can't be stopped! Wow. They can't be stopped. Josh Allen in the gun, takes the snap, going to keep it himself, runs to his right, gets inside the five, into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo. Three Josh Allen touchdown passes in the first half as the Seahawks lost in Buffalo 44-34. The Bills led 24-7 with four minutes to go in the second quarter, and then they just cruised on to a win. Josh Allen, 31-38 for 415 yards, three touchdowns. He was sacked seven times, but he got the job done. Buffalo Bills Radio Network on the play-by-play there as Josh Allen and the Bills come to State Farm Stadium this Sunday. 2.05 is the kickoff. That means 9.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The Bills 7-2. and two. The Cardinals 5-3. and three. We'll be looking to get back in the win column. Here's linebacker Jordan Hicks. We've got to bounce back. We can't let one turn into two. We've got to have total execution, total mind uh, uh, focus at, at practice this week, and um, you know we got to lock in. We got to bounce back. We have no choice at this point. This is a very, very good Bills team. Be trained, especially on the offensive end, and that defense, Hicks included, is going to be asked to come up with a little bit more stops than they showed against the Miami Dolphins. No question, and it all starts with their quarterback, Josh Allen, another young, good quarterback. And as I said at the top of the show, the the future of the quarterback position in the NFL is in really good hands, and it's because of quarterbacks that we're going to be facing here come Sunday. 
or quarterbacks like we're going to be facing here come Sunday in, in Josh Allen. And uh, he's a bigger version of what you see with, with Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and all these different mobile quarterbacks. Uh, he's going to be a load. He, they're, they're going to definitely accentuate him in the running game. They're going to give him opportunities to run the football as well as pass the football. And, of course, they acquired Stephon Diggs, so he's going to create some problems. And uh, we've got to get that secondary healthy because uh, they can really uh, expose – uh, uh, bad secondaries with, with their ability to push the ball down the field. So this is yet another difficult challenge from an AFC East opponent. And so uh, the, the the challenge is going to remain the same. I just hope the Cardinals will fare a little bit better this Sunday as opposed to last Sunday. You know, they got off to a great start. He threw for 154 yards in the first quarter. That's a career high. And then he added a rushing score in the fourth quarter, basically sealed the deal. And the Bills blitz-heavy Russell Wilson and the CIO Seahawks. Wilson had four turnovers, two interceptions and and two uh, fumbles, and that led to 16 points for the Bills. Yeah, they had uh, their way with Russell Wilson, if you will, but they did allow 419 yards. But what do you do? You can give up a lot of yards, but if you're forcing turnovers and recording sacks, then you give your offense an opportunity to come away with a win, and that's what happened on Sunday. Yeah, Josh Allen, he's ran the ball 65 times, 241 yards. He has five rushing touchdowns. He has been sacked 20 times this year, uh, seven sacks for the Seahawks, and then they they sacked Russell Wilson five times in that game. But, you know, you look at his uh, touchdowns, 19 over five. He's completing 69% of his passes. A lot of people question him coming out of school. Can he be accurate? He's just that big physical quarterback. And really, when you look at their weapons between Diggs, uh, John Brown, Beasley, even Andre Roberts is getting a chance to not only return kicks and punts, he's getting an opportunity there. So they got some weapons. And, you know, each game is a little bit different. They'll they'll run the ball 40 times or they'll throw it 40 times. So it's all based on the matchups and curious to see what they're going to come up with on Sunday. You mentioned a former couple of former Cardinals there and Andre Roberts and John Brown. Smoke back at State Farm Stadium coming up on Sunday, though you get the sense that at least from the Cardinals' standpoint, it's more about them getting this thing turned around and starting the second half on the right notes. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We have great veteran leadership, and you can hear them you know, in the locker room post game, talking about it. I mean, there's no panic. There's no, you know, sky is falling mentality from from this group. They understand there's a lot of football left to play, and the most meaningful games are in front of us. And uh, to have a group like that, that that helps you lead from from inside the locker room has, has been great for us as a staff. How important is that, B Train? You've been in locker rooms, leadership certainly it gets talked a lot about, but just how important is it, especially with where the Cardinals are right now here in 2020? Oh, it's paramount. It's paramount to have that leadership, especially when you've seen how the first half has gone and you can make honest assessments of where you are. And now it's up to those veterans, those guys that have been there and done that, to lead the young guys and show them exactly what they need to do in order to to be in position to play extra football come January. So I I think it's imperative that you have the Larry Fitzgerald, that you have the DeAndre Hopkins who played playoff football to, to, to lead the way and, and show guys that haven't had that experience yet exactly uh, what it's going to take. And then more importantly, to go out and do it. And, and I think the fact that you have the ability to do it with your with your leader, that, that makes it uh, all the more uh, viable and, and all the more effective as far as the leadership is. Because it's one thing to be able to tell somebody how to what to do, but then when you show people how to do it, then they have no choice but to fall in line. 
Cardinals 5-3, and 2-0 in the NFC West, a game behind the Seattle Seahawks, the number six seed in the NFC if you want to look at playoff standings, although we still got eight games left to go. When you get back to this contest, though, MJ, as far as the Buffalo Bills, 2-0 and against the NFC West. They beat the Rams in Week 3, and then obviously the Seahawks this past Sunday. So looking very strong against arguably the biggest or the toughest division in all of football. Yeah, and their two losses, they lost 42-16 to to the Titans on the road, and they lost to the Chiefs at home 26-17. But otherwise from that, they're putting up 30, 35, 44 points. So they're a team that can score, and they definitely like to utilize digs on the outside. And then Tredavious White, he suffered an ankle injury, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. So that could be a key matchup. Tredavious White, obviously one of the better corners in football, doesn't get the credit maybe playing in Buffalo, but he'll probably be guarding a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. The Bills have won three straight since those two losses in a row. The 7-2 and two start, their best start since 1993. The Cardinals and Bills don't play one another often. In fact, this is only the 12th all-time meeting between the two teams and the first in Arizona since 2012. The Bills won that game in overtime, 19-16. B-Train, keep the shoes off until Sunday (laughs) when you're put back to work. And we'll see you at State Farm Stadium for a Week 10 contest against the Buffalo Bills. Again, 205 is the kickoff. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher. For Bertram Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time, breaking down Cardinals and Bills. This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.